But we're thankful for a glorious day today. And someone said, uh, good morning. And I said, I hope so. I mean, how can it be better? Um, before you go to uh, praise, this isn't worship out here. It's a part of it, but it's praise. And uh, we, we all mix that up. I do, you do. But um, if we're going to distinguish things, we, it's good to know what we're doing. And uh, big things are coming for us and a lot of attention. And what happens here, people carry out and uh, communicate. But uh, uh, I have a question for you, and it's going to be part of the word. Uh, what's going on between you and God? Okay? I mean, if you had to write it out, and, and what annoys me no end, but I'm such a sweet, wonderful guy. I'm leaving alone. But the... I see people coming in and David is pouring his heart out and uh, Nathan's got a clear word from God and Fabian is feeding you and the kids are kind of staring with no paper, you know, and just kind of, huh? Well, here we are again. It's kind of like me when I'd come home and Betty made uh, beef stroganoff and it was wonderful. And I'd say, wow, that was good. And, you know, like, that was really a thankful heart. Um, but as you go to praise today, ask yourself about you and what's between you and God. What's going on? And because he is vitally and constantly interested in you. You, however, and, and I have to include myself in that abstraction, have other interests. You know, it's like, like the, uh, a joke I saw on the far side. Uh, but um, we won't go there. But the circumstance is the most vital thing in your life and, and, and what we want to pray for, you know, and honestly, I, I, I've gotten up and said things like that. There, I mean, one of the things you hear from me is there's nothing more significant and purposeful than the process that God is taking us through to grow up. You know, I've said it different ways. And, and it, it, uh, then I, I walk away because maybe when I said it, God and I were really there. And then uh, 20 minutes later, some other interest, uh, cloud in the sky, uh, light goes out, an interesting facet of insidious nothing captures my attention. And, uh, and I sometimes really believe, and this is hard, that, that I mean, how can we be so against 
the only one that has final and custodial care over every fabric, fabric of our existence. How can I be such an unmitigated ass, donkey, hee-haw, to contend and poison my own relationship with the only help I have? I mean, hello? Anyway, we, uh, aren't you glad that he's a good father and he lets us be stupid, dumb, and, and yet doesn't throw us away? Is that good? If it isn't good, uh, I can't help you. I mean, I, and, and yet, it, the awful thing that mothers and fathers have to face and it is painful. They can't do anything about bringing this truth to their babies or to their best friends. And, and yet, the, the juxtaposition of the reality there is God can and God will. Everybody is going to get a clear delineation for themselves uh, somewhere. And the way through is suffering, and that could be the avoidance. But the big deal is I'm afraid that he, God doesn't have something, and he doesn't understand how much I hurt when he takes away what I love, which is really high-grade insidious insanity. But we have to face that. And, and the only way through it is, God help me. God, I am a, <laughs> you did this to me. Now, do the other thing. Put some fire in me that I don't let go or be cash about finality. That, you know, anyway. Uh, let's go praise the Lord, can we?
flying off the high dive like a, uh, a flying fish. It was pretty awesome. If any of you go up there and stand on it and look down, uh, you would know what that means. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah 15. And this is a kind of review this morning. But um, I asked the question, what's going on between you and God? And, and please, for your sakes, some of us, you know, occasionally God will show me what's going on with others, but you kind of have to keep that to yourself. And uh, Father, we ask you to be with us today. We thank you for uh, surrounding us with more glory than we can conceive of, not only mystically, but in the beauty of what the way you carve out our little piece of land here. Amen. And uh, Jeremiah's complaining and he, he right here calls God a liar. Kind of. And he didn't know any better and some of you when you get upset if you're honest with God I think he likes it and I preached uh, pour your heart out telling the truth. I went over the story of of uh, Porter at the you know a very hard time of his life over here and we were talking about the love of God uh, and 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 he said and, and honesty one of the reasons I you know you you like people and you can't help it sometimes you just like them because you do I uh, said it the other day the Lord spoke to me you can't help who you love and sometimes you can love the wrong people the wrong things you know some people are absolutely attached to their crossword puzzles like I said I had attachment the first thing I did when I got up years back was ran to the newspaper to get to see what Gary Larson was going to say that was twisted and you know convoluted into humor. So you and I attach ourselves frequently, you know. My my daughter loved a horse called Diamond, you know. And uh, I you probably did you have a relationship with a horse as a little girl? Did you? Yeah. I had it with a dog. You know. You know called Ace, a one-eyed dog that lost his eye chasing cars. He, when he would fight, he'd have to fight sideways because he couldn't see with his eye. And it uh, wasn't funny, uh, but he was really my first and singular psychotherapist. I've never paid for, I'm about to, but I have never paid for psychological counseling, which maybe it's pretty obvious to some of you, but uh, what, what, I, uh, what I felt was that Ace would come around when I was on the curb crying about me, or, yeah, or, you know, and, and, and I would say, get out of here. But he always kept coming back, you know. Isn't it kind of interesting? I'm sorry that... Uh, some of the other dog lovers aren't here today. Uh, and if I'd have known you were gonna be here, I wouldn't have brought it up. 
you know, because I'll bet you would eat dog meat if you're in the Philippines or something. You're so nasty about dogs, and we love them. Whereas, you know what? Right, Greenleaf? We like dogs, don't we? Yeah. It's perfectly all right. You just stand up and say it when you want it. Um, but here Jeremiah is calling God a liar. Listen to it. Wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar? Now some of you, and, and folks, I've been on several different uh, phone situations where individuals have dropped out or been delayed or stopped, got off the road, detoured, whatever you want to say. But because God hasn't produced, they're stopped. He didn't answer them. And he should have. I've been talking to him about a couple of things too that, that I can't find. Now, and then, would you be to me as a liar and as waters that fail? Ever had, you know, you turn the faucet on over there and frequently it's warm. You go to three places, all you get is warm water when you want it cold. Or have you ever had, tasted anything that was gone? You know, a bad drink. And this is what's bothering him because God's word didn't seem to be true. And for all of you that are dealing with that, let me say this. It can't be true if you're trying to prove it by what you do. That is with us. That is really clear. And if you don't believe that, turn to Ezekiel 36, 37, and it's all there. It, he's going to do this for us. But the irony is he does it through us. And anybody that tells you that God, that we have perfect free will, say, you know, remember that Jonah thought he was free. You know, I, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. Not going to do it. Now, how did you feel? If you decided you didn't want to go somewhere, I, I thought, dear God, by now I'm old enough to, to, to know better. But knowing better doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Doesn't mean that I have the, the adhesive part of this. Okay? But, but it's a difficult thing. To, to do, to move against yourself. And here's the answer. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if you return, then I will bring me again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if they will take forth the precious from the vile, thou shalt be as my mouth. And don't, don't you love the tenderness? And the, if, you, if you can't see the nurturing kindness of God, you miss the whole uh, biblical program. You really do. I mean, it looks like, I mean, to some degree, we bought this idea that he's after us, and if I don't go this, and I'll slip into a chasm, and I'm going. No. The, the big thing is you don't grow. 
You don't grow if you're alien to him. And, uh, and I don't know what's vile, always, and what's precious. But here's a thought for you. How do you know that you love God? How do you know where you are? How do you know if anything's in between? It's very simple. I'll read it to you. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us the spirit. Now, I know that I dwell in him. Okay? And I also know that my love relationship with what I want has a grandeur that trumps the Lord. But you can, I mean, sorry to say I don't want it to stay that way because I'm in process. The world's falling like, apart like a dry onion. You're in it. Doesn't look good. And, and, and some of our, and our children, somehow, they, they're not getting it. And that should be a travailing cry. They're very content to come to allow their heads to bob like apples in a Halloween <coughs> tub. The only way you can separate that which is holy from that which is unholy is when God tells you. And it's different. It's different for people. You know, so God gives some people freedom to to do things that he's not going to give you the freedom to do. There's a different process and there are different levels that, that are going on right here in this house. And, and there are individuals who are going to they take notes and try to cast something against you or somebody else because you don't come to that level and it's a damnable thing to do. You know, and here's how you know that if you're, that you, well, you walk along, you turn, and to remember what you said and how ugly it was. You remember that you uh, talked to God about something and were going to say something and forgive or uh, touch an individual with a, a question. And the Lord reminded you and said, ah, I forgot that. And, and But God is very good and he, he's not, he doesn't, uh, you know, take you to the woodshed all the time. Most of the time, you take yourself there. But let's get that straight. When heavy-duty stuff comes, I mean, when we're talking about uh, Jonah, Jonah was a high-level prophet. He wasn't just anybody on the block, okay? And he decided to sit on his own, own opinion and go a different way. He had it figured out and he was right. He was right. God was gonna forgive those people and he hated them and he was afraid of them because they were worse than Nazis. They were, they were worse people that probably ever lived on the planet up to that time and he, he knew what they would do. And I'm sure there was a level of fear but most of it was, eh, what's the point? He'd come into a casual place with God, which is dangerous. And some of us have. He didn't smite you, he didn't do this and that, and, and, it, and it is a difficult thing. All right, but 
let's get to the guts and what you need to take home today. Because if people are speaking to you and they don't give you any way to get there, you do something else. You know, you'd be better off camping, whatever you're doing. But here's the deal. You have a soul. I have a soul. Everybody's got a soul. And you have a heart. And there is even a silly song, I can't sing it in. Uh, I don't want to torture Gabriel and his memory or even give him lyrics for it. But when we're talking about your soul, it's the most significant and the only thing that you have a jurisdiction over and can conduct to the right place. You know, I, I want to pray for the operation of, of, of my brother who's going in. Uh, and, and it's dangerous uh, what's happening. But your soul, it, you know, you heard it, it in patience, you win your soul. You gain your soul. It's yours. And that means you've stayed under. Doesn't mean you just go through the form. But while you're staying under, you're dying daily. And sacrifice is clear to you. Because love and sacrifice are, are welded. No sacrifice, no love. You know. One of the reasons uh, Agnes and I have stayed together, she has been a very, very sacrificial lady. I don't have to tell you, but to live with me. You know. And she says not. stuff that is difficult sometimes to to put it mildly. So, and your heart is, is also desperately wicked. I didn't say that. But now, to, right where you sit, God looks at you with a perfect heart. You are finished because of his source and his fat sacrifice. You were crucified with him. You were buried with him. You were raised with him. You were a new man who had gone into the water and come out. And I hope sometime we have a, a baptism service probably during this youth camp might be a good time. But let, let me tell you, because you have that, because that's yours promised, and God looks at this scheme and it's all done, it's all finished. With us, if you're, if you're still in, gotta do it, gotta do it, gotta do it. The, you, you're, it isn't you gotta do it, it's when you can look at and see the bountiful, continual wash and the care of God and his love toward you it is everlasting when you when you allow him to show you that 
I mean, I, I can sit up and, and preach it and throw a list or put it on the wall or write it down. It doesn't mean anything unless God himself gives it to you. The most painful thing about my job is, you know, it's like teachers. You, when I used to teach, I love the integration. I love the contact with the kids and the, the, the wild variety that's there. But it was very difficult for me to feel like my day was finished. Whenever it was, or the year. And sometimes graduate would come along or come by and I'm like, how are you doing? Because, and, and sometimes my, my attachments personally came to individuals that uh, there was a connectivity with. You know. well, our relationships are everlasting. You know. Frightening. It's, a, it's scary because I remember, you know, some of the things. But I also know that God has absolutely expunged all of my darkness and all of yours. And so that should bring us to a place where say, God, why do you have to show me? What is this? And it's a good question. And I don't have all the answers, but I'm Why do I have to see and experience a despicable, ugly heart alongside the, the strength of the new man that I know that he's put in me? Because both those things are side by side. Is that not true? I mean, haven't you had a day where you, you gave yourself, you sacrificed, you made a phone call, you gave money, you let stop for somebody on the highway, and, and you've seen that you were very loving and you were kind and you were Christ. <laughs> People resist that like, oh no, no, put it out there, don't put it on me. But the truth is, <laughs> he's in you, he's a part of you and he is you, not Jesus, but Christ. That was the provision. Not gonna stay there today. But the despicable aspect of the heart gains us, I think, this is one of the answers. One of the answers, because to say that you're perfectly clean, then why, why do you still have to go to the cross? Why do you do? Because your God knows that the character that comes from your sacrifice, just like the Son of God sacrificed, and he was fully fueled by God. He did not do this on his own. Fully fueled. He, did, he wasn't the initiator in any avenue as he was being processed. In any avenue. It was total dependency on God. And until we ask God for that kind of dependency, we're we're just kind of double-minded Greek. Not a lot of consequence. And from the standpoint of growth, from the standpoint of being used as saviors on Mount Zion, 
You have no idea what God has in store for you. You didn't have any idea when you came to the birth canal. You didn't have it at five, six, seven, eight, and 88. Is that what I am? Forget. That's another one. Great ingredient of my wife. I've trained her with a memory that's just out of my absence. And God, out of your limitation, when you're weak, that's when you're strong. And you can live by the power of God. You were manufactured by God himself to have desire. I don't know what you think. I hope, I hope he gets out of here quick because i got things to do. The campers are out there saying, well, what a day, what a day. They probably are having more praise and worship than we did this morning. Just being under God's sky. I don't worry about anybody anymore, no matter what kind of condition they're in, because I know that your father is a great nurturer of your idiocy and my wandering and my capriciousness. Your soul, outside of being under God, is absolutely defiant and resisting the wonder of God. And so <laughs> I'm saying, God, please, I am tired of preaching this and having uh, any half-baked stuff in me. I'll say this as we get ready for a close here. I'm just about finished. Um, the, uh, the great writer from Ireland, everybody told me he was a great writer. I've only read a couple of short stories and stuff. But his, his uh, intention, he said, I have my major uh, concern is all I want is for my readers to be totally devoted to me. That's all. And uh, you know, you're taking the literature course and you read that and you say, well, uh, I'm sorry there, I, I don't know that I can go with that. But can I tell you this? That's your God's intention too. And I, I'm not gonna, bore you with trying to prove it, I'll just give a couple of little thoughts here that God brings to mind. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place in me. He wants a constancy because he has one. What's between, I mean today, please, <laughs> what's between you and God that stops the full-on committed heart to trusting him. What is it? What's there? I'm not going to show you mine, even if you show me yours. Because some of it's so private and so ugly, you know, and some of it's so trivial and insignificant, but it still haunts the house, right? It still haunts the house. It still uh, keeps us uh, dualistic and pretentious 
and a stinking party of pretenders with sprinkled through some serious vessels. But God has made you, given you desire. Every day of your life you have a certain desire. My desire this morning at two o'clock was what is going on? What do you want with me? Haven't I, you know? And then I found out, you know. I was looking at a shallow part of this love until we come into I want to be with him. Oh God, where are you? doesn't mean much. I didn't have to be coaxed to think of my, the girl I was going to marry during the day. No matter what course I was taking, even, you know, I'd get in the blocks and running to do this, and she and I were, were close. And I didn't, the, the love was there. It was human. It was passionate. It was capricious. I mean, comes and goes. You know, your, your human love isn't worth the power to blow you out of the phone booth. And neither is mine. But you're a, you're a person of passion and desire. And it's there all day long. And I'm thinking, before the fire goes out, Greer, <laughs> before you can't, will you? You have a parenthetical time to get this done. What's between you and your God? Yeah. I tell you, it's a simple solution, and it works. When you hear how it works, you say, God, I can't do this. I must. Yeah. Where are you? Don't leave me with the condition that I'm in today. Please, can, can I conclude this uh, uh, parade, this uh, masking, the ugly pretense of my love relationship? And you can't do anything about it unless you're there. Yeah. Uh, I was laughing at this because I, I had a, an experience yesterday and, and I, I, I'll just say this. I, I'm going to quote this to you and go home. It's fun. Love loves to love love. <laughs> you can go to Sister Dufendock. She understood it just like that. And, and, and I thought, what, what an asinine thing. I love to love, and you know, the religious nonsense. I love to love the love that I love. Uh, and it, if it isn't real, can we get it, can we reel it in and make it R-E-A-L? Because this is what you're up to. This is why you're here, and please, if that doesn't happen, 
It's because you haven't asked. Okay. I've got all these things. Okay. Yeah. What is happening in your life is the demolition, the uh, demolition of uh, demolition. God's getting rid of who you are. Because he wants the new man to rule and for you to have that experience. I'll say this again. I don't like to say it, but the, it's true. You give yourself to God. You, you're born again. You're very young. You go. And you have to taste and get the strawberries on the knees, the down, the up, the down, the up. But the cripples... The individuals that come to God and are always crippled. I can't do this. Oh, God's left me. The cripples. And I've been one. So I know what I'm talking about. The issue is self-centeredness, not God-related. And you see that through, don't you love God through the Bible? He shows you those people. He shows you the absolute filth and darkness of the soul of David. And then he says to David, I won't kill you. And then he, he said, David, I gave you this, I gave you that. And if that were just a small matter, anything you would have asked me for, I would have given it to you, David. I mean, that's what, that's what we're missing. We think somehow that we've got to be something or do something before God's love. Uh, captures us and we're fools for our own progress against it. And so everyone have a good day. Ask yourself why you why you expert has been a couch potato avoiding definite things. <clears throat> Telling the truth about where you are. He cares more about you. And I've said this, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I am old, and I, and I may be, uh, you know, demented one day, I don't know. Uh, but the issue is, it is true that his intensity and his love for you is greater than anything you can measure. And we have to ask for that. It doesn't come because it's in the Bible. It doesn't come because you hang around on a Saturday morning when you're going to be doing a hundred other things. It's there. And it's constant. And, and I, I, one of the things I hate about my life is it took me so long to get it. You know, and please don't listen to anybody that's not giving you a direction how to get home. The only way for you to find the, the destiny that is the most significant purpose on the face of the earth is to die daily, to sacrifice, and to give yourself. I say, God, thank you. Thank you that you are going to deliver.
things that I haven't believed in. And you can go full in your arms and resist. And I, I, I know during this time that, that we, we need to, before I close here today, I got a call from uh, Sister Austin. And her husband has uh, a brain tumor. David Austin. David. And, and he's, uh, they, there's not a lot of determination on what it is. But uh, God help us. We, we pray for him. Fall on him, great God, today. Fall on us. That we'll be specific. That you'll be specific. And we'll want to know, uh, Heavenly Father, what is between us? What is there? What is a detour, a, an avoidance from the path of, of life? And help us and bring us to an understanding that our soul it can be wretched and ridiculous and that we would be a people who would say, God, help me with my heart. Help me with a clarity of purpose and direction. I have a capricious heart. It's wandered. My head is full of information, but great God, let it be full of a, of a desire to please you in all that I do, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.